saw a picture of this one. I was jealous. Wearing re- repping it. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Key in the Late Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. We are live coming from a fucking bar in Chicago, Woo! Illinois. <laughs> We're not selling anything. We're not buying anything. Not drinking anything. Not distributing anything. We're drinking water, some uh, flat Coke, Diet Coke. <laughs> but, Coke uh, syrup. We are uh, we are on location. Finally, we don't have to do a podcast over Skype, as the city of Chicago and its citizens have said, "Enough is enough." We will record podcasts live, um, but not podcasts as always. Will go on. Yeah, exactly. As uh, not always, but sometimes always with me is my dear co-host of the hour, a Scotsman all the way from Scotland via Dominican Republic via San Francisco Bay Area to now here in Chicago. Callum James Fleming O'Donnell. <laughs> Hello. Thank sure God we're not on Skype today. That's I true. Feel good about it. Um, and because we have to give appreciation to our guest who has led us into this location, um, an undisclosed location. But our guest today is the one and only Danny Janky. What's going on, guys? How are you doing? The Jahanky. There's no <laughs> response back from the crowd. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Marco counts. Oh, he has headphones in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we are at King of Cups, which is a co- newer cocktail bar over in Lincoln Park of Chicago, recording where Danny uh, resides for work. Well, did reside for work um, until the whole shutdown of our life has turned into now over the last two and a half months. But we see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel as the state of Illinois is proposed to open up this Friday on May 29th. And hopefully Chicago will follow suit shortly after that in early June. But how have you been holding up, Danny? Pretty good. Just hanging out. Trying to stay busy. Buying, motor, <laughs> buying mopeds. <laughs> buying mopeds, trying to find fun stuff to do, missing the patios. You can move it a little closer. There you go. I know that um I know that I'm 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 on that I'm on that thing now. I'm I'm gonna buy a bike. I'm gonna buy a moped. We can go cruise together. Man, hundred percent. I'm all about it. I I'm beach, sick of I'm sick of paying riding. all my money in in Ubers and all that kind of shit. So it's either a, a push bike or a, a moped now for I me. Gi- I gave you a ride today. Yeah, thank God, thank God, because otherwise I wouldn't be here. Either that or it would be worse. I'd be calling in from Skype. Hey, you can hop on the back of my moped anytime. Ooh, I'm going to watch that. That'd be great my wingman anytime. I ride dangerously, Bullshit. though. You, you can be mine. You should get a sidecar. That could be done. I've seen it's it. an old, like, ruckus style, like World War II right. style moped. Get some really cool get a sidecar. goggles with, like, the flight gear, leather uh, helmets as well. Ooh, Callum's already taking this Mike out of the yeah, I was getting sick of leaning forward. I'm over it. Uh, don't worry about that. Don't so worry you, about what do you pay? You paid a thousand dollars for the moped, that thousand dollars for a summer cruiser. That's your um, your stimulus check, like you were saying, right? Yeah, that's what I spent it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I looked at I looked at my Uber rides last summer. Yeah, last summer I spent like eight grand. What? On yeah. Ubers just yeah, yeah. everywhere because I was Ubering up to my parents' house. Okay. Ordering Uber Eats. Did you I have was a car? Like, I need a moped. No. Okay. Well, that, that takes away some of the cost. Yeah. Then it helps out with it a little bit there. Yeah. The the other the other thing as well is like we were saying. You know, today I took an an eight minute Uber, and I think the prices have obviously gone up over this period. I would assume so. You I haven't know. taken one since. Literally. I know they cut they cut the drivers. There's not as many drivers right. out there. So but. yeah, I took an eight minute Uber, and it was simple, seventeen dollars and thirty three cents, and I was like. I can't do this all summer. Like, um, I need some other form of transport. So the moped will sort me out. Yeah. What happened to your motorbike? So I had a little gas-powered bicycle. Excuse me. It's the flat Diet Coke. <laughs> I'm ha- it's having the same effect on me. Or COVID. One of the two. Yeah. Um, sorry. So, yeah, I mean, I had this little gas-powered motorbike. Do you need a weed dram of whiskey? Um, no, I've got my coffee for now. Uh, I had this little gas-powered motorbike that was doing the job. Um... And it was like a little, it was just a hairdryer attached to the bike, you know. I, th- I think I showed you a photo last time. Yeah. A little Mary Poppins number. Yeah. Uh, but the I was riding it over the weekend and the chain snapped. Oh, yeah, So right. the worst part about that was that I was three and a half miles away from home. So I had to cycle the thing back and it's super heavy. It is pretty heavy. So it's like, pff, fuck. You just dump it? No, just I... Just dump it and walk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like, I had to, I had to go back, find the chain. Because after a while, the, the engine wasn't... I wasn't getting any power, and I was like, what the hell? Look down, no chain. No I was like, oh, I've dropped it somewhere. It's a horrible time to, for that to happen, too, because there's no bars to stop at on the way home. Yeah, exactly. There's no, so like, got a respite. Shot. Just no respite. So uh, I feel your pain on that one. Pretty and, brutal, you're, man. and you're volunteering <laughs> while doing it. I mean, it's 
uh, what can I say? I'm a good person. You are. You're a good Samaritan. <laughs> Much better than anybody else at this table or inside of this bar. Um, but no, it, yeah, it's been strange to see how every industry has been affected by this. Calum and I were having a chat on the way over, just thinking about all the local businesses that aren't going to exist after this and wondering really why they had to close in the first place when you know grocery stores can remain open and everyone's just walking around, touching each other essentially. Um, well, at least not physically distancing themselves. And some of these places only have, you know, you know, 20, 30 customers a day anyway, and not a lot of people in there, and now they've been closed for approaching three months, and we aren't exactly sure when everything's going to open because our government has been pretty vague in its answers about yeah, the whole that's policy. the thing, isn't there, really, especially, like, because, like, Danny, you, we know that you're a bartender, but also we and we'll get more into it, but, like, you have a little side business that you run, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a kind of lean, it's almost like a lean startup, lean business kind yeah. of model, right? Yeah, my whole, my whole, like, life revolves around bars <laughs> and what people drink, pretty much. So my company is syrups for bars so since bars are closed go, nobody's go buying the syrups. About it. Yeah. so the company i own is ready beverage that's what i meant to say and the, then the name <laughs> not ready steady it. beverage so ready beverage and then my other company is flora hemp spirits so that's a cbd non-alcoholic spirit so those are kind of trending trending in the world today mm-hmm. they are and that's ready r-e-d-d-i i was just yes. gonna spell it too yeah. Thanks. Glad we're on the same page there. And you just made some delicious bitters for my company. New Starward bitters coming out. Everybody's pretty excited about those. Yeah, I'm, there's been bottles floating around on the internet of them. And not, yeah, how did Grant I get don't one? know. I, <laughs> I didn't give him one. There, I've seen two now. And I oh, have, nice. He, we, only did, we only did like five labels from that like previous label. And I gave one to Sweetwater. Um, S- who? At that, Sweetwater. that bar. Yeah. What's the the guy from Australia? David? I can't think of his name right now for some reason. I don't know. Um, he I'll used to work at Starward, too. Oh, Chris. Chris, that's right. Yeah. Chris Litton. I don't yeah. know why I couldn't think of it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I gave him a bottle, and that's pretty much so it. So what, you've seen a couple on the internet? Yeah. I've Just like floating around there? Yeah, there's... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, and I I wrote on Graham's Instagram. I'm like, Yo, where'd you get that bottle? <laughs> people fr- people from New York were DMing me like, Hey, are we giving these out now? And I'm like, No. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's not even the label. Been, I don't know yeah. how we got it. Because we, <laughs> we just got the label printed. We just printed the labels two days ago. We're like literally. So. I'm picking them up right now on May 26th, and these were like being posted last yeah. week. <laughs> already out there hopefully they blow up and they weren't even the right they're not the right labels either and we don't even know the right formula because there's two different formulas we were choosing from yeah i don't i don't remember what batch that was from it's all about I, well, that. I wouldn't even know because i don't know how they got it it's right. that at that level it's just about the branding right but at least people are seeing it and they're like oh my god star wars yeah, got bits. yeah i guess and the, then once our, it comes out big time our intent's not be. to sell them because we don't have rights to it yeah well just like the whole it's just more for like bartenders to play around with you yeah. know that kind of thing. We're not like making money off of it because we can't legally sell them. Well, they're pretty unique. I haven't tried any other bitters like that because you came to me with the idea right. of red wine bitters, and I'm like, oh, like a kind of vermouthy bitter type thing. So. Yeah, because our our company back in Australia makes these. They call them bitters, but it's more of a vermouth. I gave a sample to Danny. He broke it down, and he's like, I can make this, but it's more of a vermouth than a syrup than it was an actual bitter. Um, then he came up, concocted yeah, his own recipe for it. I mean, for me, Danny, right? I think one of the cool things about what you do and 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 the little tidbit, because obviously we we know that you're a great bartender, and and both Jake and I have had the pleasure of the cocktails that you make, and um, the whiskey sour that we had last time we were here. You know, yeah. it was just great cocktails. But I think for a lot of people that are listening, one of the one of the coolest things about your story is a, a little bit about how you're like this jack of all trades, right? Like you're you're a bartender by trade, but then you started piecing things together. Like you do sodas, you sometimes do these seltzer waters here, and now you're doing the bitters. Like what? where did that come from? Like where's the idea? When did you decide, oh, I'm going to start making my own bitters or I'm going to start this little side project that means that I can sell what I'm making when I'm at home? Well, because... You try you try and make drinks and there's only so much on the market so you yeah. you have to get creative and try different make things. Make up yourself. Like the Starward cocktail, put some mustard in a cocktail. Who's yeah. ever done that? You right. know. But if you break it down, it's just like a vinegar based, kind of like a shrub. So, like you you just have to start making your own products. And then I realized there was a big need for it on the market. Everybody wants unique stuff, but there's nothing on the market to do it. So if you wanted like a crazy kind of like sarsaparilla flavored vermouth or something like that, you can't find one. So you just make it. Did all that intrigue start after you were already working in the industry? Yeah. I mean, I've been bartending for 
14 years. years. Yeah. It's all I've ever done. Yeah. And my mom was a bartender. So she's the one who oh. got me into bartending. And I've just been doing creative drinks and stuff like that since I was a kid. Where was your first Even, job at? Um, me and my friends ran a concession stand at a golf course nice. when we were 18. Did the same thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so we did all the ordering. We made drinks. And like we would just get slammed with an outing of 40 people. And we had to cook all the burgers, make all the drinks, and everything like that. So A, a few friends of mine years ago in, in Scotland, in Edinburgh, there's a, a Christmas fair every year. And you can rent um, a space at the fair. And they were all at university and they were they didn't want to work as waiters and shit in restaurants. So they were like, fuck it. What we're going to do is we're going to sell spaghetti bolognese in a stand and with just a shed load of cheese and crackers, right? And now you're thinking like, who the hell was going to buy that, right? But man, it was crazy because they, what they did was they would they would just have these dirty, like these little plastic bowls. They, they had a kitchen space in the little stand that they had and they would sell a bowl of it for three pounds, right? So like $3.50. And man, they made so much money like just doing that because at night, you know, everybody else was looking up and down the up and down the stands, and everything was like ten bucks, mm. right? Ten bucks, eleven bucks for like a really nice burger and a drink or whatever. They were just selling cans of juice and these little bowls of spaghetti bolognese, and they made an absolute killing. They made an absolute killing. They used to do. They used to go back and do it every year. One year they did pizzas and stuff, but I suppose it's like. When there's a need for it, right, and there's nothing out there for it, then why wouldn't you fill it yourself? Why wouldn't you fill that void yourself, you know? Um, how long has Ready Beverage been around? Uh, we've been around for about a year. Oh, brand nice. new. Yeah, so brand new, do it all. Um, so a little when, over a year. Like when you were first bartending, were you making like Long Islands, Old Fashions, things like that when you first got into the business? Yeah, well, I first started working at TGI Fridays. That was my first, like, bartending job where you learned your flair yeah that's where i got my flair moves from man we were talking about this last time tgi's it's uh i mean it's a good bar it's a good it's a good bar program man yeah i mean you learn learn a lot and there's a lot of classics um before like the whole cocktail uh boom yeah the cocktail boom like tgi fridays had the best cocktails so i kind of caught like the tail end of that and then everybody was getting into cocktails so. everybody was on top of it like i yeah. suppose like the mid mid 2000s early 2000s there was this like whole renaissance if you like mm-hmm. especially back yeah. home in britain i mean bars like the connaught and the american bar and the savoy and all these places they started to really like up their cocktail game but then nowadays i mean yeah every, everywhere you go you can find a good cocktail you know chicago wasn't until about 10 or 11 years ago as well oh really yeah, I mean, yeah, we what was the first recent Violet I mean, Hour? Violet Hour Violet is one Hour? of the bigger ones yeah. that really opened up. So that opened up. in what, 2004? Was that long ago? I think so. Oh, that was like mm. 2008 or nine. I was 12 in Maybe. 2004. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's some, <laughs> something like that. But uh, yeah, that was one of the first bars to have like a whole cocktail pr- presence in it. You know, they, I don't know if it was about opening up in Wicker Park, which turned into this really, you know, hipster cocktail, beer, and food mecca, if you will. Um, where it's kind of just been the neighborhood's been almost been built around that, and every other neighborhood now has like its little pocket in Lincoln Park, where we're at here right now. It's more of like a college party scene, and like we, my wife and I only live a mile up the street. We're always talking about how the lack of cocktail bars are in our neighborhoods, um, in this side of the town, and it's more about just like going to like a tavern, pub, sports bar, or something yeah. like that, not really having like the true on cocktail experience. So when I walked in here one day, gosh, probably been. I don't know, eight months ago or so now, uh, I was like, all right, like weird vibe, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. We try and be like a little deviant cocktail bar. I like it, like man. Yeah. It's a cool vibe. I mean, even the, the, what the, I tell people about it is it's like the core, se- it's like 1700s French Renaissance threw up all over the walls in an awesome way. <laughs> yeah. I, I like where, uh, you're, you're hitting my heart right now. I just want to go to a bar. <laughs> right. right, right, right. <laughs> like, oh, man, we're talking about all these bars. But yeah. something that happened with the cocktails, I think, is like people were just getting super pretentious and thinking right. like their cocktails are the best. You can't get one anywhere else. But now like there's so many people that are passionate about this industry that the cocktails are good everywhere. What were you know? people, you gotta, when, you, when you were behind bar at first, were you looking for a challenge or w- waiting for people to order things that weren't on the menu just kind of make up your own stuff i mean the thing that intrigued me with bars is just the fun of it you're sitting there you're talking to people all day long like creating stuff unique for them that they're curious to try more like teaching people but in a fun way Mm. so i mean even look at look at whiskey that's yeah that's going on the on the rise over vodka almost until two months ago 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even now, even in the off trade, you know, right, right. And liquor stores and stuff. This man, you would not believe the sales that we're seeing across, like, or that Aberlour are seeing, especially because we were a brand that we were only only about. I've said this before in the cast, but we, you know, between five and six percent of our total sales are in the on trade, mm-hmm. like are in bars and restaurants. The rest of it is in like liquor stores and supermarkets. So th- this thing for us, like, it hasn't hit us nearly as bad as it's hit a lot of other brands, you know? Yeah. No, it's true. Um, and some of our other brands that we've talked about, we've had the conversation, too, about, you know, people are obviously buying more. There's an article just today or yesterday posted about how off trades up 55% in sales, but most of that's the big guys where it's really coming from. But we were talking about, it, I think a few podcasts ago, about how your friends are buying like a bunch of bitters because no one knows what to buy for the home cocktail bar, yeah. and seeing yeah. if that kind of translates over into the home. Simple syrup people as well. Start making their, yeah, people are buying simple syrup. Right. They're buying simple syrup because they don't like they don't want to do the complicated part of like mm-hmm. I say complicated, but they don't want to they don't want to put some water in yeah. a pan, you know, and add yeah. sugar to it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, easy. Just, it is just microwave some water. It's easier yeah. than making <laughs> tea. Like. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that. What I was gonna do, what I was gonna say before actually was when you were talking about the the you know Chicago having these different you know there was all the, like neighborhoods like popping up around these cocktail bars. I think that have you were born are you born and raised here? I grew up in the suburbs, so like twenty miles north of here. So that's Not like too far. I think that's probably one of my favorite things about Chicago is that like every kind of area has its own like little haunts you know yeah. like where i live for example there's easy in and there's sportsman's right so like they're just right there dante's taverns there as well whereas like up here in this area like you were saying this is this this area doesn't really have anything else that's like king of cups mm-hmm. right like this is quite unique in this in this area in this neighborhood so that's pretty cool so it's a pretty cool opportunity for you guys to like well make make her make her break right yeah, I mean, with with bars and anything in life to be successful, I always say you either have to do something better or something completely different than anybody else. So, this street, I mean, we can't <clears throat> compete with uh, like four dollar vodka sodas, three dollar vodka yeah. sodas. So you just got to do something different, and then try and be better. I mean, three dollar vodka sodas—that sounds. Yeah. Let's do it, baby. That's why I think. That's why I think like whiskey is booming so much because if yeah. you're sitting at home. And you're drinking by yourself, like you're either drinking whiskey or wine. Yeah, no know? one's pouring themselves a vodka soda yeah, in the house. Right. <laughs> That's like a whole different low. Right? <laughs> I think you feel like good about yourself too, because it's it kind of comes off as a sophisticated drink as well. Whiskey yeah. does. Yeah. Um, or it's more comforting in that sense. You pour yourself like people don't drink. feel as guilty drinking <laughs> yeah, whiskey yeah. by themselves. But if you're sitting there like making cocktails all night, you're like, ah. Do I have a problem? <laughs> You're doing shots of tequila by yeah, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's do another one. <laughs> <laughs> tequila slammers in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Let's try that but out. You get a nice like, jello shot. Yeah, you pour a whiskey. You can sip on that. Yeah. And not feel so bad about yourself. So after TGI Friday, where did you go from there? Um, I've probably worked at 12 bars in Chicago, but I worked at uh, Gulliver's and oh. Rogers Park yeah. for two years or so. So that was a pizza place, kind of fun, like rustic, classic to Chicago pizza place. So the guy who opened that opened. So did it have a bar in it? Was there a bar in there? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know it. So where did you, how did you learn? Like, you know, you said to do something better, something different. Like, where did you learn the whole different mentality from? Just being creative, trying to do different stuff than anybody else, but still approachable. So if you look at the cocktails at King of Cups, they're all like completely different than most cocktails at other bars, but there's still like some recognizable flavors. Hmm. Like yeah, and if you like come at King of Cups, you can always get a, a whiskey sour if you want. Yeah. Like you guys are going to do them the classics if they want that. But the idea is that to do yeah, to we're base pretty, your we're capable of making all classics here pretty much. Yeah. So well, I think one of the cool things about King of Cups is that, and you've touched on it earlier that. I think what happened to the industry is a lot of bars got really pretentious really quickly, you know, and there was this idea that what they were making was like, you know, some, I've spoken to bartenders in the past who there was parts of like the conversation that it felt like they thought that they were a brain surgeon or something, or they were saving Mm -hmm. someone's life, you know, whereas like, I feel that one of the cool things about King of Cups is that it is really approachable, right? And people that, I know that sometimes people feel intimidated going into these high end bars, but here it's like, it's so it is approachable in both the way the bartenders are and and the cocktails that you guys make. Yeah, I try and I try and make it fun for everybody. Like even if people come in and 
they're not from Chicago. You know, you can go out to the suburbs and there's still a Long Island on the menu. Ooh. Like, I'll have a Long Island iced tea. I'm like, I'm going to make you the best Long Island you've ever had and just do like unique Something things. Something different. Like, yeah. Do you, do you have names of those bars? <laughs> I'd like to go. <laughs> no, go, go. You, can, you can make it a double. Long yes. Island, get a double. <laughs> well, we might be drinking those in Wisconsin, you know. It's true. It's the only place we can go. Drinking a lot. Of, I saw some photos of Geneva this weekend. Lake Geneva. Oh, just packed on the sidewalks everywhere. People out and about. Yeah, one of my good friends, his dad lives up there, so he's been going up every weekend. Nice. There's like lines of people everywhere. So it's. I was saying to Jake on the way here, like, I, and we were in the car, and I was like, you know, I think one of the biggest things, and maybe that, maybe this, maybe Wisconsin's proof that it's not, but I think one of the biggest, the hardest things for quarantine. The hardest things for our industry is moving forward is going to be that lack of confidence, you know, like some people that are going to be scared about going to bars. But it sounds like if Wisconsin's got lines around the block, yeah. then maybe not. Maybe people are just going to be so thankful to get out and be social. That's again. what I think. People are just going to be excited to go out. Yeah, I think the but. community interest is definitely out there. Even just sitting in the park the last couple of days uh, over yeah. the holiday weekend, people are just out and about. Everyone has, you know, a coffee cup or a, a, little, something. a little mug with something in it <laughs> that isn't water or coffee <laughs> or juice. Well, maybe some juice in there, but um, mixed with something else as well. I, I think people will want to get back out, especially in their small neighborhood community bars where they can go and show that support yeah. where they've been open for to-go orders right now. We were walking up Wrigleyville, um, walking our dog up there yesterday, and people were already like selling to-go beer and cocktails, which technically is illegal. But then again, there was... <laughs> I, I think you can sell like cans of beer you can right? like as a pantry like yeah. style but people are literally walking up and down clark just with, drinking beers yeah like it's <laughs> like, like handing out like, beer like it's like you know saint patty's day or tea box when the streets cut down <laughs> and which the government's talking about doing is you know cutting off these streets and creating that whole block party, block party. but uh that would be really cool it like would if, be but if, i don't know like it's the thing is why not just open the bars then you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody's exactly. hanging out on the streets yeah in so. places like you know like wrigleyville how many police officers are going to have to be tasked with like being there at all times of the day and how much money is that going to take away? And people are just, people are already being stupid. And this is like just the bars, just the bar employees being open. Um, we're already, you know, giving drinks away. People are sitting there in the street. They're having like DJs there when there's not even, they're not even open technically other than just yeah. to go. Oh, they're just opening their windows and playing. Or like the place that have patios that are just, and like, so they're obviously inviting their friends because I don't think their staffs are that big or they have that staff, staff employed. Yeah. For some reason, I don't think the bars in Wrigleyville have 50 people on their payroll. <laughs> right. right. Um, when the bar, has a, capacity of, yeah, the bar right. has a capacity of 80 people, but there's 50 people in there. It's like, well, we all work here. But I think the response like that will be, this is why we aren't going to do this. We're not, we're not going to have bars and restaurants be open to the fullest. And pe some small groups might ruin it for the entire city in that sense. And, you know, initially Lori Lightfoot, our mayor was saying, yeah, we're going to open in early June. And then today was reported mid June. So he's like vague little responses and no one really knows where to go. Doesn't, man, a lot of bars and restaurants are already having their, their patio chairs and tables delivered and set up just in, you know, hopefully in the response of it happening within the next week or two, uh, we can, they can start making some money. But then again, if you don't close the sidewalks down and make more space for the bars and restaurants to be available, what's the point? Because if you only have three or four tables, you're not going to make any money. Yeah, it's going to cost you more to yeah. run the place. Right, than, exactly. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I was thinking, we passed Parlor on um, mm -hmm. Division. Yeah. Is it Division? Yeah. 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 Parlor on Division uh, as we were coming out of my, like, my little cul-de-sac. And I was thinking to myself, you know, as far as it goes, that kind of level of patio, <laughs> yeah, all right. That <laughs> level of patio um, uh, is perfect for me. Like, that was my dream of the Chicago summer was standing out on a patio with a bunch of people eating some pizza and having some good cocktails. Like my, my, my image of the Chicago summer wasn't us like caught up in some bar somewhere, you know, it is to be outside. So I think if the patio came back, if, if they can bring that back, then that would be great. But what I don't like is what you were talking about, Jake, is the idea that there's just total vagueness over it all. You know, right. they said May 29th and everyone got excited. Then they were like, okay, early June, everyone gets excited. Now they're like, well, we're going to push it back. You just have to pick a date and stick to it so that people can start to count down rather than being in this limbo all the time. How are you feeling as a bartender about all this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough for everybody, but like the teasing thing, like, oh, am I going back to work? <laughs> am I not? Like, right. all right, we're going back to work in two weeks. Then they're like, uh, not probably Laurie, not until the end tease. of the summer or something like that. Laurie, yeah. you tease. I mean, supposedly the patios are supposed to open up like outside of Chicago, 
You can yeah, on, as of right? Friday, the 29th. But um, so. it's, it's, it hasn't been officially said as of this morning. I guess like they keep saying that Governor Pritzker has proposed this. That's the words they're using, and you're like, "What, what does that mean?" Yeah, it's three days away. <laughs> what does that mean? And there'll be. I was talking with Brett Bauer on Friday, um, the second more spirit rep here in Chicago, or whatever his Midwest sales manager position job is. Um, much more important than what we do <clears throat> for our individual companies. Would be hard. <laughs> it's true, but uh, we were like, we were wondering what the influx of people from the city going out to the suburbs would be, and if it'd be. Same as Wisconsin. Yeah, right, I mean, right. the, uh, friends of mine. I won't name names, but name them. <laughs> I won't. I won't name names. I won't. I won't put you guys in it. But there's people, friends of mine, good friends of mine, who uh, went up last weekend to Wisconsin, and they just did it as shamelessly as they could. You know, like they were like, we spoke to an Airbnb up there in Milwaukee, and we were like, we we want to come and get drunk. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not it's not only the bars because everything's open up there. Like my mom went up there with my niece to, to go shop. to a water park. You oh, know, to yeah. everything's closed. My friend went yesterday to go mini golfing because he couldn't go. I just needed this. Scratch that itch, man. <laughs> I got the urge. I'm addicted to mini golf. <laughs> like, I just want to drink whiskey and play mini golf. <laughs> I'm going to Wisconsin. Don't we all? Right, Don't we all? Right, through, right in the clown's mouth. Cheese curds. <laughs> Have you ever had Wisconsin cheese curds? Yes, I have actually. The first oh, yeah, you know, been to a Packers game. Uh, yeah, and, and recently. Um, Recently, a friend of mine let me try the squeaky cheese curds, and mm-hmm. I was like, why the fuck are they called squeaky cheese? And then I put it in my mouth, and I was like, oh, my God. First of all, this is really, really tasty, and second of all, it does squeak a lot. Squeaky cheese. I've never had squeaky cheese. It's like cheese oh, it's you like put in your mouth, and it goes... Makes like your t- <laughs> makes it like your teeth shine after. Oh, it's great. It's great like stuff, oily man. on there. Yeah. <laughs> real nice, real nice. It's got a yellowy shine to it, just how I like it. So what was... Um, was Gulliver's your first job in the city? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's in Rogers Park. Yeah, yeah. Like, right how old were you back then? then? 23 right so you told because i started i started bartending at fridays i worked at tj fridays for three years so then i went to gulliver's yeah my years are all like i thought we're the same age we're both 33 I'm 33 yeah 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 so, so right 2010 there's she essentially does. no cocktail scene in chicago that bar Ye- cocktail bar scene i should say yeah yeah like I mean, go we, get were, like we were out doing that was that was the Jaeger Jaeger bomb era. Oh, doing Jaeger bombs, which I still love. I participated. You know? me, me too. My, that's, First ever that's shot I did pleasure. was Jaeger bomb. Jaeger bomb. My, I, I have a bad Mine story about Jaeger bombs. J and B Scotch. That was the first shot I ever classy, took. My, classy, classy fellow. <laughs> my Whoa. cousins hey, gave it to me. They follow the podcast <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> oh man, that's when I knew it was it was worth something when J and B started following us. You know, you've made it. Um, I, I have a bad story about Jaeger bombs. Years ago, uh, when I was a more of a when I was a whippersnapper, if you like, young whippersnapper, we did a we did an interrailing trip, like a train trip around Europe. Mm-hmm. We ended up in Croatia, um, and we jumped on a boat that was uh, going around the islands of Croatia for seven days, and it was all a bunch of young Aussies, like Australians, who were all nuts. They're all absolute nut jobs. <laughs> And I remember, I, for I remember taking a whole bunch of Jaeger uh, Meister sh- or Jaeger bombs on the boat, and then trying to um, trying to step onto the the harbor, uh, and the boat was rocking. <laughs> I'm like getting sick thinking about Honestly, that. Honestly, man, and I was so ill, and I put, I remember putting my leg out like this, basically, just basically sticking my leg out in front of me, <laughs> that hammered, and then hoping that the boat was going to rock enough that it would just put me right onto the harbor. <laughs> so I fell. Managed to scramble my way up, and as I stood up, I, I got the feeling and and uh, hoyed them all. What a wonderful story! It was a uh, it was a bad one. I pictured it. I you still can't. I well. still ca- I can't even smell Jägermeister now. Like oh, I yeah? struggle to smell it. Danny, pull out the Jägermeister. Shots <laughs> <laughs> of Jäger bombs, man. So that's what, how you keep them away. You splash them with Jäger. That's you go to do it. I'm sure people come in here and anticipate like, hey, I want another shot, and then you realize it's not that kind of place. I mean, I. I try and give people whatever they want. If right. somebody wants to do a shot of vodka, I'll judge them in my head, but <laughs> I'll pour it. Yeah. That's a dangerous road to run down as well. I've never been down that road, to be fair. It is interesting. I, I do give you guys a lot, of, a lot of credit here, though, because you'll see younger people come in here. It's right near DePaul. It's kind of a college hangout street as well. Younger atmosphere in that. But you do kind of like teach people and ease people into like having a delicious cocktail or asking them, you know, what do you prefer as in your flavors and tastes and then matching a cocktail to that. Yeah, that's that's something you have to do um, because this block, everything is so cheap and affordable. If you're trying to go out and just get drunk, if you're drinking every night, you can go get 
vodka sodas for three dollars so you have to make people appreciate what they're drinking right. so they want to come back more so what else do you do besides that it's kind of like ease people into it well introducing people to different things like mm. um Everybody has that story, like call them with Jaeger. Oh, I don't drink rum because right. I got sick off of it. Well, try this, try this rum yeah. or tequila because everybody's had that like Mixto, Jose Cuervo, <laughs> nasty tequila that they're used to ripping shots of. But if you give them a nice like Highland tequila, they get the nice sweeter kind of honey flavor. Definitely. Like, oh, maybe I will drink tequila then. It's the same so with scotch. You, and, you see all yeah. the time with scotch. You yeah. know, like a lot of people are ripping uh, Johnny Walker Reds, you know, when they start. Yeah. And the stuff like destroys them and they're like oh i can't i had a bad experience with scotch but then once they try like something that's a little bit easier drinking you know whether it's even a blend or like a, an easy going single malt then can usually pull them pull them away yeah but, i think scotch is one of those mistaken spirits but mm -hmm. if you give somebody like a nice highland scotch and you show them oh open your mouth when you're smelling it and then they're like oh my god it smells like apples right and i'm like yeah and i'll taste it like apples that's the apples. best when you introduce somebody <laughs> to opening their mouth when they're smelling yeah. so they don't get all the heat and then they're like, oh, my God, I, it's like I've never smelled before. And right. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you opened a whole new world. Welcome. You're not blind anymore. <laughs> try, try the scotch. Just That's what we do here at King of Cups, ladies and gentlemen. We teach the blind to see. <laughs> <laughs> not that far off. Or make them more blind. Either way, it all works <laughs> out. No, but it is interesting to try to give people a different perspective of what scotch, what whiskey, or what spirits can be in general. Because if you give somebody a space, a nice smooth space side after they've only had Laphroaig once in their life, they think, that is the picture of scotch. That is the mm -hmm. epitome of what scotch is. Any scotch I have, the hundreds, they don't know there's hundreds of distilleries anyway, um, out there, they think there's probably 10 or 20. You yeah, know, just and, like one specific and thing. And they like, all have smoky peat taste to them. Everybody yeah. thinks tangeray when they think gin. Like, oh, I don't like that piney right. stuff. I'm like, there's like floral ones, fruity ones. Like <laughs> yeah. gin, you can go there's all over the place. Some, there's some best gins in the world made right here in Chicago. Like, yeah. I, des I describe it uh, this way. If somebody... If somebody likes to drink and then they're like, oh, I don't like scotch, that's like saying you don't like juice, you know? Hmm. There's pineapple juice, orange juice. You might like yeah. one juice, cranberry juice, but there's so many different flavors of scotch yeah. and whiskey that if you like to drink, you'll find one that you like. Yeah. Yeah. Good way to think of it. There's, there's a good drink for it. Regardless of the category, there's a, there's a good drink for everyone, right? Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I brought a friend here one time, and she's not a big drinker. She was in college. I'm not sure what happened to her. Just fell off. Changed. Yeah, you know, changed. Had a few kids. She, yeah, I, was say, I, I was like, I bet you're, you're not married. the same anymore. You know, you're not partying. Why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but she wasn't. She was like, I don't know what to order. I'm like, well, what do you like? And uh, I was like, well, she, and she told me, and I'm like, Danny, she likes sweet drinks. Make her a cocktail of like whatever you want to do. And then she like, had like three or four of them. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm back. Get people back in the party mode. Right. Exactly. So when was the when did you start working here, Danny? Like when did all this kind of uh, start? We to opened a year ago. It was our year anniversary, May 9th. Oh. So is that young? Yeah. Pretty new. And we have the new place opening up too in Humble it's Park. Moretta, yeah. yeah. But who knows when that's gonna be. It's supposed <laughs> yeah. to open like a month ago. Yeah. I will. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, because we've spent, both Callum and I, over the last eight months or so, we've spent a lot of time in this bar. Um, you've accepted both of our brands very nicely, which, so let's say thank you for all of that, because um, with Star Wars, it was kind of a very serendipitous moment when I walked in here the day after, I think you finished your first bottle. <laughs> was, it, was it Slayer or Nova? Uh, the Nova. Yeah, uh, which we'll shout out to Paris, who got you that bottle. Yeah. Former, na former neighbor of the bar. Because I tried it before I even knew you. I'm like, oh my God, this is... The best whiskey I've ever had. Well, I remember when I walked like, in, you're like, are you really with Star Wars? I'm like, yeah. You're like, I just finished a bottle of yours like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm sure I'm surprised anybody even knows about it at this point. Because <laughs> you, you taste certain things. You're like, oh, man, this is good. Like other ones are like acceptable. You right. drink it. But when I chase, when I tasted the Star Wars Nova, I'm like, oh, my God, this is like nice. one of the best whiskeys I've ever had. Because yeah. it's got that kind of like fruity cognac kind of mm -hmm. style flavor because the red wine barrels and then well i was going to say talking about doing things better or different you know star mm -hmm. have really gone for that right like yeah it's so it's su there's such a different flavor and using the wine barrels is cool like it's something you don't hear a lot of and as far as australian whiskeys go like it's one of the only ones that is like really on the map especially in the u.s right yeah well you were saying because uh australia doesn't have as many rules yeah, it's a really vague rules when it comes to. There's basically four rules when creating whiskey, and you know one of them is just it has to be uh, aged in a wooden barrel or container, um, yeah. be made in Australia and aged for two years. And the fourth one, which lets you play around with a lot of different a lot of diversity, is that uh, it has to taste like whiskey. 
It has to taste like whiskey. Strict yeah. rules there. There right. you go. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've gotten in an uh, argument with my friend. His favorite spirit is bourbon. Right. My favorite spirit is scotch. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, but bourbon, it all tastes the same. Because yeah. like, it has to follow like these such strict rules. And he's oh, like, damn, yeah, they Danny, did it perfect. Danny, it's like, it's like saying all juices. I hate all <laughs> juices. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree with that. But like... Um, Scotch, like you just get so many different flavors. Yeah, I think you let the it, the end of it. The country is so small, but the identities of the environments that surround each distillery create such a different uh, tasty every yeah. single every and single I, whiskey. And I think as well that that's not to be laughed at is obviously with Scotch. For so long, it was the only thing. It was the only real spirit that we were producing. You know, like, I mean, obviously you get you get, you do get some beers and things like that in Scotland. And there's obviously gins now, like with Hendrix and things like that. But for so long, Scotch was this like absolute powerhouse. You know, for o- over a hundred years, it's been an absolute powerhouse in the spirits world. And so we've been experimenting and things like that for a long time. So you do you do definitely get a lot of different flavors. But I mean, if 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 I didn't work for a Scotch company, I would definitely still adore Scotch. But one thing that I've been getting into a lot recently is like the agaves. You know, like tequilas and the mezcals. There's a uh, when I was out in San Francisco last year, there's a bar there called Tommy's Bar, and the guy that runs it, Julio Bermejo, he basically gave me a, or gave me and my friend of mine a masterclass on, you know, the the highland the highlands and the valleys mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And I had no idea that tequila had so much to it, and it really reminded me of Scotch. You know, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, a lot of a lot of mezcals kind of have that scotchy, scotchy smoky flavor. Yeah, I love the smoky stuff. So what did you first like start experimenting with when you started expanding your cocktail portfolio? Um you know a lot of a lot of liqueurs actually hmm. cuz at at Gulliver's they had so many um like of those cheap liqueurs like yeah. the Kuiper and stuff like that. I'm like, "Oh, you could do like uh, pre-mixies." <laughs> yeah, it sounds so like amateur, <laughs> but I'm like, "Oh, I could do a Peach Long Island, you know, <laughs> making people <laughs> Hey, Peach Long hey, look man, stuff. that's what people Something are after yeah. sometimes, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not the classiest drinker myself. Ooh, you know, I'll drink I'll drink White Claws, whatever. You'll no, make you'll you'll make your own White Claws. <laughs> we yeah, we well we're, we're famous for now. we're famous for high lifes. We we're often sipping on a few high lifes. It's not it's not like we're drinking classy drinks all the time, man. Don't yeah. worry about it. I mean, I drink wine out of a box usually. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did a little bit of that Kuiper liqueur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. That's funny. Do a peach sangria with the liqueurs. <laughs> <laughs> was there any bar that was like kind of the first bar you worked at that was more cocktail oriented? Um, drum bar. Oh, that's right. Sure. Were, you oh, you were at drum bar? Yeah, oh. a couple summers ago. Nice. But that like opened my eyes. Like I'm like, oh man, I don't know anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it humbled me a lot. The more the more you learn, the more you realize that you know nothing. Yeah. Who uh, you can always learn something new. Yeah. Who'd you work with while who was there? Uh, Whitney was the beverage director. Okay. Whitney, Whitney Morrow. I think she works. I don't know who she works for now. She does like brand work. Okay. I'm not sure if I know her or not. Um, Seems that a lot of people. I think she do works that. for Renault. Uh, I'm not. I was going to say that the name, the, sure. but um, it, we obviously the the your man Gary. He's just moved on from Drumbar. He's working with Teal and he's doing brand work now as well. Oh really? Gary Matthews. I didn't yeah. know he left there. Yeah. yeah so just before the quarantine hit, yeah. like his first day was like basically St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the only person I worked with that still works there is Shauna. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, Shauna, Shauna McCarthy. Yeah, delicious. She's, Shauna's she, awesome. She loves booze as well, man. She's she has a great knowledge. A great she knowledge she taught boots. me so much working at Drum Bar. She's one of those bartenders in the city. Like, um, people come in uh, like to different bars and they talk about their favorite bartenders. She's like her name gets mentioned so much. Right. Like, like oh, you she's went to Drum Bar. You know Shauna. You know Shauna. Yeah. Because <laughs> she also yeah, works. She's she's great. At, uh, she she does she does some brand work as well. She works for um a wine. I can't remember the yeah. name of it. Something Downs or something. It's I, from the south of England. Because like a started, Chapel Down is it? Something like that. I'm not sure. I'm it's not like sure. a sparkling wine. It's really mm. nice. Mm. I love the bubbles. Love me some bubbles. <laughs> so but what, man? You're totally right. Sorry, Jake. To jump yeah, in. no, no. Let's go. No, when you're working at a bar like that where it's very cocktail oriented great scotch list especially a hotel bar like that yeah it's kind of it's not hidden but it it is to the city i think i mean obviously i'm sure when you check into the hotel there they're like hey we have a great bar upstairs but i don't know if it's on the top of everybody's list when you're like hey where should we go tonight i think it's more of like your whiskey drinkers of the city and the people that are looking for that cocktail experience 
uh, specifically. Um, but we'll go to there. And Drumbar has this amazing personality as well. Like, mm-hmm. uh, as a as like a space you know because it's quite tight like mm-hmm. you yeah. know that it kind of reminds you like a library yeah, yeah there's those classic library. yeah like kind of yeah there's those two little alcoves with the yeah. tables and stuff mm-hmm. and the bar what i like about the bar is if you look to your left you get that little slit window there mm-hmm. there's like a slim window in it and it takes you right down that street i can't even remember the name of the street that it's on uh, but it's on chestnut right yeah it's, yeah, it's looking all the way down and there was a few times that i was there in the winter like in january and there was like a snowstorm mm. and it has this great personality like there's a great ambience in there because you feel like it's super cozy and it's really yeah, private it's nice you know, and cozy yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's a big a, it's, it's a, a big nook part. with like a bunch of little small nooks kind of inside of yeah, it. yeah it's a really yeah, cool you part. just want to sit there and drink whiskey so my first <laughs> ever time in chicago was uh september 2018 and my parents, I'd, I'd been moved last minute from uh, being placed in Chicago as my market. And I got moved last minute to California. And when I'd originally found out that I was going to be in Chicago, I told my parents and they flew, they booked flights. So I ended up flying from California to Chicago to spend some time with my mom and dad. And they were staying in the Raffaello. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. And so like my first day in Chicago, I went for uh, lunch with my mom and dad. And then they were like going to go to the muse- They were going to go to the art museum or something. And I was like, too culture for me. I want to go and get a drink. Mm-hmm. So I came back to the, I came back to the hotel and I was. I said to the lady, I was like, listen, I'm really keen to, you know, visit some of the cool bars in Chicago. I've heard so much about them. She was like, you came to the like, are you staying here? I was like, yes. Yeah. She was like, we have a bar on the top floor. It's called the Drum Bar. <laughs> and I was like, oh yes. So I went up there and had a few drinks. And it's like every time I'm in there now, I'm always reminded of like. My first few days, you know. And Who was your bartender there? Was it me? Did we meet in the I past? Don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Could have. We might have done. Could have been. Because that's the, when I was working there. Working that afternoon shift? Yeah, it, it might have been you, Danny. <laughs> maybe we were, maybe we Maybe we met in a past life. <laughs> so going from like bars that are more pubs, tavern atmosphere, whatever, it might be like more f- speed pouring. What do you learn at a place like that at Drum Bar? Well, drum bar is different because there's not many high volume cocktail bars exactly. in the city. A lot of cocktail bars like seating only, you know, drum bar is more of like on a Friday, Saturday, it's like a club, but people are coming up and they, because the music you have to make like six drinks at a time. They're like, I'll have a Vucare, Bobby Burns. And you're like, what, what are these things? <laughs> right. and, you know, like, like Tom Cruise and cocktail. Like his first day, I'm like, oh Google man, Libre? why did <laughs> what you is say this again? Like Googling Tell it me on a my poem. phone and stuff like that. <laughs> so, cause usually I worked, um, more more volume yeah. style bars, but more vodka sodas, batch stuff like two one one not easy sophisticated drinks. drinks. Yeah. So drum bar was a whole different thing. Like even when people would come up and order a scotch, there were so many on the back bar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I've never heard of this stuff before. <laughs> like I need to what find is this? it. <laughs> yeah. So just like looking and trying to like read all the labels and they're all like Fittick this, Fittick that. Right. I'm like, what did they say again? <laughs> like, what's a Glen? So, Glen Morangi, Glen Fittick, or Glen yeah. Limit? What does Glen mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for Glen something. And <laughs> just, just give them a 12 year old or something; they'll be very happy with it. Yeah, so it it humbles you, but I learned a lot there. There's a lot of work outside of the bar, like outside of your shifts too, learning about the products and spirits. Um, we had to take a class uh, at Southern, which was pretty oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, that was an awesome class. If you're in into bartending definitely take that because they give you a full set of cool uh tools mm. what was that class like, just the southern glazers wine and spirit yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they do oh, an yeah. academy yeah. class mm-hmm. thing cool and that was all cocktail based or also spirits, spirits and cocktails yeah. yeah so that was a cool class but we had to take that to work at drum bar nice so whoa that's when you learn about like distillation and stuff like that like oh my god all these things are completely different does that help you with know? spirits like knowing that the background of how spirits are actually made i think so because everything fits under an umbrella mm. right like you have spirits and then there's subcategories you know you have whiskey gin tequila so once you understand the umbrella then so you can come in and tell me oh this whiskey and tell me the mash bill how long it's aged where it's aged and stuff like that and then you can kind of figure out what it's going to taste like before so, do you think um, you're able to build cocktails then when you know like, how long a spirit's been aged and how, knowing that mash bill or is it kind of more I think so trial by error yeah because um, we were we were messing around yesterday because uh, Marco made this tiramisu rum that's amazing but um, we made he a vucare with it made but the rum. if you use 
He just like infused it, gotcha. fat washed it, and all that stuff. Like but it's delicious. But we did. But we did a vukare with it. But if you do it with bourbon, then you don't get as much bite as if you do it with rye. Mm-hmm. So, using like those more spicy spirits. That's why uh, the star word I split with a rye also. You did it with a scotch too one time, right? Yes, I did. That was at the twofold, yeah. right? Yeah, that was the voodoo child. Yeah, because it makes it a little, child, it's a little yeah. softer, but then the scotch kind of brings out that more that spicy. Yeah, quality. a little bit of smokiness to it. So, I mean, it's delicious just with, uh, just as an old fashioned too. But if you add a little bit of the like spicy, like cinnamony mm-hmm. style whiskeys, like a rye, then it com- makes it more complex. Yeah, I think. And when you guys moved into here back in May, like you were given like the full license just to like build the menu right yeah so how that so. how does that feel like how does that, like that where does that start i mean it's the the hardest part about making the menu is just have, making them all like different mm. you know like okay we have to have a certain amount of scotch cocktails certain amount of gin so just getting like a basic layout for a menu is the hardest part but once that's there then you can come up with drinks it's just it's experimentation yeah. off mm-hmm. of that right yeah. how many cocktails are you trying to put on one menu we have 20 here. Okay. And then breaking it down by individual spirits as well. Yeah, pretty much. And how many shaken drinks, like you want light, refreshing, bitter, boozy, you know, try and get all different flavor profiles. And like, do you explain that to people too when they come to the bar? Like if you ask them, do you want a shake and drink, a stirred drink? Do you explain kind of what the difference will be in the flavor components into those drinks? Yeah. I, I make it pretty simple. I'm like, do you want shaken or stirred? And then... <laughs> Uh, like, a what lot of people don't, don't, know what, don't know what it means. So right. like shaken's more margarita style, like lemon drop. Stirred's more Manhattan old fashioned. Just put it to regular classics. They're like, oh, I want something like boozy and stirred. I'm like, mm. okay. So I got you. This is the That's place. To Manhattan. Bye. Then they know. <laughs> I mean, every time I come in here, there's always like two or three college girls that are sitting at the bar and you're talking to them. Not about love and other <laughs> things, but uh, more about like the whole cocktail experience. And then like I've come in here multiple times where like that group of girls like comes back and they're like, this is like one of our favorite bars, you know, because like I was 23. I wasn't drinking good cocktails. I wasn't drinking good yeah. whiskey. And obviously the culture has changed and shifted with that, too. So it's more presence and more prevalent for them to have that experience. But when you can actually sit down and be told why you like this because it's shaken or what spirit is in there, what whiskey, what style of whiskey, what vodka or, or what gin, not vodka doesn't matter. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a uh, vodka hater. Yeah. Well, I don't hate vodka. Just, it doesn't have any difference to it. So, um, you know, somewhat buttery, I guess that's really about it. Um, it's, ha- it's more comforting cause it's for some reason, the whole cocktail scene has become this stuffed, tough, pretentious view of drinkers in general and it's not necessarily the drinkers yeah, but it's, it's it's the staff that sometimes comes along with it and i mean this place isn't like that at all but there are plenty of bars that are are like that and uh, maybe they'll change after the whole quarantine and shelter in place is lifted but well, one, one yeah. thing one thing that i think that king of cups really does well and this is to be honest a testament to you danny but it the atmosphere has always been great mm-hmm. you know um and i think that having a bar that's welcoming and, and accessible is is part of the keys to success and it's going to be even more so moving forward yeah being able to get people through the door and being it being able to get people coming back even just like the like music retainment. in here like it's not too loud where you can still have the conversation but you yeah. still like kind of like move to the music as well yeah so uh, no nah, man it's i think it's been ever since i came i mean we came in here first time i came here jake brought me in here actually oh did i um i think it I was think so. i think i think you maybe brought me in here I was can't remember then. Maybe it wasn't. I'm trying to think of the first time. First time I met at Cullen. Yeah. I'm trying to think too. I'm obviously not that Did you come with me on just an account visit one time? Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's always no, been... No, you know where it was? at When we were at London House, we were meeting with Adam. That's right. Uh, yes. That's right. That's yeah. when the whole Bitters yes. project started. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so That's like right being the new year, right around the new year. So yeah, man, it's it's a, it's a great bar. And I, I'm, I hope that I hope that we can get people coming in here soon enough you know sooner rather than later what do you guys anticipate with everything when it does reopen like what will it look like um i'm well it depends what the laws are you mm-hmm. know i'm pretty open to adapt to anything i'm not going to sit there and be like oh the good old days when <laughs> we could have tons of people in here but because your capacity is not huge yeah anyway. i don't i don't know what 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 it's gonna title like maybe only reservations to keep it like two hour limit like you can have a table for four. You can mm-hmm. only stay for two hours. I don't know what the laws are going to be. Because if we can only have 20 people in here, 
you can't have like two people hanging out all night hogging a hogging those like slots. Right. But what if know? I spend all my money here? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then you could stay. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about like table dividers and like, are you gonna have to wear a mask? But right. if you wear a mask, how are you gonna drink? You know? I mean, right. I think like, the, th- the, the thing th- is, the th- you just got to kind of peel it off. <sighs> I think with masks, how they already are right now, it's all optics essentially right now, where basically people feel comfortable when they see you in a mask. What cop is going to walk around here and start giving out tickets to individuals who are not wearing a mask in a bar or a restaurant because they're drinking think, or eating? I think public areas, they're going to have masks. You know, I mean, all, a lot of the studies that they're doing and, and reporting on say that the mask does reduce contamination. You know what I mean? But it's like... It, Jake and I were talking about this today though you know even seeing people going into supermarkets and things like that like you know they're t- already touching their face and it just I don't I don't think I don't think people wearing the masks is really going to be the problem but I think you know if, if if they cut your capacity in half and then plus you also need table dividers and also you're going to have to get reservations it might be difficult to get people through the door you know like organically yeah, because you don't want to turn people down. Like, if they're coming to the door and saying, like, are you guys open? Like, yeah, but it's reservation only. Do you want a cocktail to go? Because that's yeah, killer, right? <laughs> that's, that's what we were saying. If the cocktail, if you can make the cocktails to go, like, what are the limits? You can, right. you can sell anything. You can, you know? yeah. But then it's like, okay, can they have an open container on the street then? Yeah, can they go drink it in the alley? Or? Right, yeah. It's like, okay, I can sell it to... I'll be back in a minute, and then I'll get another one. Right, right, it, right. It has to be, like, the law is... In other states, it's like a tamper-proof container. Yeah. So you can make a cocktail, but it has to be sealed. Right. But I could set up a bar like right at the front door and just have like a like a beer bottle press thing, <laughs> make somebody their own cocktail and, and just press it. There you go. Give them a bottle and say, if you bring the bottle so back, there's you a get ton 50 of cents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, New Year's are already very in- innovative as a bar too with doing like your cocktail classes and throwing parties and doing functions like that where you're making money before the bar even opened or just in your co- your quieter hours when you're having those cocktail classes and those one-on-one experiences. Yeah, I mean, we'll, c- we'll come up with something cool if we can do the carryout. So that's pretty exciting, but I don't think it's going to... Like, you can't run a business off that. Right. I don't think we're going to make, like, enough money to keep the doors open for a That's year fear, or so right? from I mean, selling to-go cocktails. F- I mean, you already see so many bars up on the market for sale. I'm going to buy three of them. <laughs> I saw one for sale for a hundred grand. hundred grand? Yeah. It's With a the huge license? bar, too. Like yeah, in the Edison name Park. Oh, wow. Jeez. Well, I imagine that's what it's for. Like, the license, the, the business. The name, yeah. The, bar, the back bar. <laughs> hundred uh, grand's so cheap. It's like a, well, yeah, and that's the thing too. Is like these businesses have been struggling already. And you for, could just sue Lyft and buy one. <laughs> that might, might, that might I work. Thought we weren't going to talk about that. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to lay off that subject. <laughs> All those baton twirling drivers out there, watch out for them. <laughs> if you get into a get into a lift and they got like some, uh, what are those streamers <laughs> in the end of a baton? Yeah, and if, like they that. Got a, if they got a goth vibe, get out of there. Uh, <laughs> if it looks like Marilyn Manson, did it? Don't get in, unless it is Marilyn Manson. Then get in. Yeah, because it'll take you to a magical, magical evening, a destination <laughs> That's that one you of the can't celebrities I love to hang out with. Marilyn Manson. I bet he'd be a riot. Is he like sober now? Oh, he probably is. Sure. Yeah. I feel like he probably just is at this point in his yeah, life because of the beginnings of his career. Mm. There's some weird, was weird he rumors. Used to s- like that? Yo, oh, yeah. yeah, I think he was a wee bit wild, eh? I think eventually that we'll have those stories. But like, yeah, we're just sober now. <laughs> I, I actually once, I once said when I started this job, I was like, you know, by the time I'm when I turn thirty, I might just quit booze. But it doesn't look like <laughs> that it's less than two years away. <laughs> so that's a that's a big ask for me. But I mean, man, like looking at that, like buying a bar for a hundred grand, like. Yeah. If quarantine ends and things go back to normal, that would be an unbelievable investment. Could be. It just depends what the community response will be back to going in bars. I mean, especially I, if it's a big well, I've bar. talked to like people in different states. Right. Uh, Wisconsin, you don't have to wear a mask or anything like nope. that. It's just open. Yeah. But other states, you have to wear a mask. Like going into the bars, capacity is less. I think just what I've read. I mean, I haven't done a lot of research on it. Same. But. And I don't think there's a lot of research. You don't, you don't know what's like the truth either. Where like people are in bars, but like are they enforcing it on an individual? Uh, business case basis, case basis, basis yeah. right? And like, obviously, once you go to the restaurant and sit down to have your dinner, you can't wear a mask. I mean, so a lot of places, from what I've read and what I've heard, is that all the staffs are wearing masks in a lot of places that are open in certain states. But then once you're inside, like you're fine. 
um, and some places are checking checking temperatures of their staff. I haven't heard about if people are taking temperatures of the door at the door. I I've, I don't know. I've, I haven't read anything about that in America. Um, it could be happening, like you said. I just haven't done enough research, and I feel like all I do is like listen to listen to and read about things in this industry or like COVID overall. It's like become my entire life. Unfortunately, now it's just made me more all, panicked. But, but like, I feel that everyone's like a pro now. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's everyone's been reading so much yeah. Like yeah. about this stuff. That everyone's read a different article that says the opposite of what the article that you were reading says. You right. know, it's insane. So. I mean, in as Colin and I were talking about earlier today, like we've weaponized each other where everyone has become this uh, bullet essentially of a disease and they can shoot right at you and all of a sudden like you're infected and impacted by it. And it's really sad to see that. And like I've had two people in on in the last week call me out on the street for not wearing a mask. Oh no. Yeah. They're and you. I've just I've just like laughed it off and I was like I told one lady I'm like oh it's not my ma- my mask isn't going to save you it's your belly it's going to kill you Yeah, and I don't know if that's mean but you know it's just the honest truth like from all the, the research that's been shown is like it's more important to have a healthy immune system than it is be wearing a mask when you're walking your dogs 10 feet apart from each other outside um, yeah, you see people in their cars by themselves with <laughs> a mask, and you're like, why? I, I, I <laughs> almost got hit by a car today them. while walking my dog and crossing the street, and they were going to stop at a stop sign. It's flying down. I stop. I'm like, what the fuck? And you know, have a little word with them through their windshield, and they start. They were both wearing masks, and inside the car, the, the passengers, and I'm like, I just start cracking up. I'm like, <laughs> people are like jogging by themselves down the street right. wearing a mask. Yeah. Like, the, the other thing as well, think. right? The other thing as well is, and this is the last I'll say in it, so that we don't just talk harbor it baby corona all the time but like if if you wear the mask all the time yeah then it's going to get wet and mm. like it's going to become a breeding ground for bugs yeah, anyway like, exactly yeah because you're supposed to toss those things out right well like, yeah, like so the true honest way of wearing it is if you have one of those n95 masks or some kind of surgical mask you put it on never touch your face and then throw it away after every single use that's not happening so like you we, people are wearing these cloth masks right and i understand yeah like it's going to help whatever but if you're running in the thing <laughs> thing's going to be ringing it's going to be like you've soaked it in water and salty yeah. water before you run in it dudes, like, are, dudes are putting on. it on their chin with their beards with like the nastiest things in the world oh man <laughs> i wanted to and like buy a bunch of turtlenecks Ooh. because you can just pull the and brand it i love <laughs> that sell turtlenecks they'll That's come back in style because it doubles hook ready beverage yeah, no, it doubles as a mask you just pull it up <laughs> you can look stylish all at the same time. Like lava turtleneck. The you pull yeah. the turtleneck up and it becomes like a full face mask. Tur- and it's great. And it doubles for Robin Banks. Beverage. It doubles for Robin Banks. All ready to go. <laughs> Are you guys worried about though, the, like, the whole cleansiness of like having a bar and all that comes along with it? Like you, I mean, like having to clean more, I guess. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big part of it. Right. Sanitizing everything. Optics of everything. Yeah. People seeing you actually wiping down seats when they leave. Mm-hmm. Like, is that I don't know. I don't know how people are going to feel. I don't know how paranoid people are about it. Like everybody I hang out with, like my family and stuff like that. Should we go out in the street and take a pull? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> They'd love that. How paranoid are you? Three about really it? white guys stand on the on the sidewalk <laughs> with, with some uh, microphones. With microphones. Can you answer a couple of questions for me, please? People bring their own straws and their own glassware. Like here, put it in this. I know it's clean. <laughs> like, Someone brings a. Sippy I don't want to drink out of that. Marty Duffy's been doing that for years. <laughs> <laughs> Someone brings a sippy cup to the bar. No, but it is a serious question. I mean, it's a, it's something that you know you're spending more money on supplies for that. It might require someone from your staff that being their full time job versus yeah. being a bar back or something else. Yeah, in the position just sanitizing. Everything. Yeah, like having well, someone that just kind of flits around and cleans the tables and the bars and the, the flash the, will have to come back. <laughs> oh man, the flash! I miss him, <laughs> in, I miss him in bars. <laughs> Um, no, yeah. Well, ahead. a lot of people said that the cocktail prices are going to go up, mm. like a lot because higher. Because of that, yeah. Why so? Just because, um, like, there's going to be less people in here. They've been closed for a while, so bars are going to raise the prices. That's just what I've heard. Yeah, it makes I sense. I, I mean, don't think we're going to raise the prices here. We're just going to keep them. Keep yeah, them that, ladies and gentlemen, price. King of Cups is going to be very cheap. Get your butts <laughs> in here. Breaking, breaking news: three dollar vodka cocktails. <laughs> you guys want a vodka soda? Or you, guys, you, guys, you guys have. We have Cheetos. a huge selection of vodka. We have ten different vodkas. <laughs> 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 no, I think we have. I think we have two. And they all taste two or different. Three. No, but it, that, is, that begs the question, though, of what will happen with prices. The bars. People are already talking about distilleries now potentially failing too because yeah, they're, they're struggling the, the craft booze is coming off the shelves and obviously we're not in the bars to build those programs you can do as many things as you want virtually online but 
It's not know? the same. It's not the same. People aren't getting that. Yeah, because that's where people are introduced to different spirits, or, right? Or bars. I yeah. mean, if you're gonna go out and buy a Cause nice like, bottle of booze, you're not gonna spend eighty bucks on something you haven't tried before. You're right. Gonna go and with it's the, like if the norm. We, if like we didn't have a, a Star Wars rep in the U.S. and I didn't walk in, like, and you didn't know about the brand, like, we just wouldn't build that one-on-one relationship. You know, mm-hmm. like we would be like, okay, yeah. like here we go. Because that's how you learn about it and you teach people. Right. You know? What about you as a consumer, Danny? Have you ever what? Is there any experiences that really stand out for you as far as bars go? Like anywhere you know, that you've been that you think, holy shit, that was actually really sick. I, I like the whole like, because I, I grew up going to bars in Chicago oh, with yeah. my dad and stuff. So the Chicago hmm. like dive bar hospitality was yeah. was the best. That's what it I still like to drive off good, of. Man. Yeah. So like I'd go to bars with like my grandpa and dad when I was 10, you know, and they're like, oh, Steve, what's up? You know, like they, <laughs> they knew his name and just super nice and like would like shoot the shit with them and stuff like right. that rather than not getting to know the bartender at all. So that whole like hospitality thing, mm-hmm. like a nice dive bar hospitality that you get at a lot of the Chicago style dives. That's where I break bread, man. I love those places. Yeah. I love the I love the dive bars in Chicago. I think they're unique almost. Well, cuz you go out you go out for more of a in my opinion, people go out for an atmosphere over drinks. 100%. I mean, 100%. Yeah, it's nice getting a nice cocktail. But yeah, the drinks, drinks kind of like matter because they got to yeah. be nice yeah. enough that you, they're going to buy more than one of them, but you want people to be happy to be yeah. there and the, the, the vibe to be cool, right? Yeah, that's what I think is no, you guys bring, about you, the you bring the atmosphere here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it also helps out a lot too. I know Wilson and I have talked about it on the podcast a lot is having a bar, the physical bar, that isn't huge and massive, which separates the consumer from the bartenders as well. So you can actually have that conversation and have that one-on-one interaction. Yeah, and more like a tight, cozy kind of who knows we might, we might have perspex glass now <laughs> between you and the bartender that would be a fucking shit show that would be a very sad experience i know i mean i was in san diego like the week before san diego san diego milk was a bad choice <laughs> um the week before this whole thing kind of hit and there was a uh uh a retail shop that guy was talking about putting a plexiglass in front of all of his bottles and the counter and he was gonna use like a laser pointer to point everything with what you wanted and i was like and me and these reps were just laughing about it just laughing about it and now that could be our reality yeah yeah he and, was ahead of his time right no, this uh, is, some this of the is, ideas that people this are is coming like up with march 6th like this was very it, we weren't even in, there was no shelter in place anywhere he just kind of saw what was happening over in China and other places of the world in Italy. Just thought, like, I'm going to jump ahead of this. And he said he was going to do it the next week. And maybe he did, maybe he did not. But um, it's we were sitting there laughing. And now he'll go back there now and he'll be like, who's laughing now? He's like, who's he's like, laughing you still now? still want to sell that Australian whiskey here? <laughs> <laughs> Point at it. Yes, I nailed it. Uh, no, but it's, uh, but it would be, a, I think it would be damaging to the hospitality industry overall if that was the case because. That's we don't come just for the drinks. We come for the conversation. We come yeah, for meeting new people. Yeah, and to learn and to be introduced to new spirits, like yeah. you say, right? Mm-hmm. I learned a lot in bars about um, like craft beer and the whole boom was kind of going off about you know eight years ago or so, ten years ago. When I was jumping into that, that was some of the best way. Like you ask about that IPA, you ask about that pale ale, and you get some information about oh yeah, it's a local brewery, it's made up the street. And you're like oh that's kind of cool, and kind of get invested into it that way. I saw that. I don't know if it was real or fake, but that Three Floyds was closing. Did I you read that? Have not. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a list of places closing. Like some of the bars that have been in Chicago, like twenty something years, are closing down because of this. We're just talking about toast. Yeah, toast. Yeah, yeah. Which is twenty four years breakfast establishment. You're like multiple locations. A good, great morning cocktail for eight dollars. Great yeah. food, not overly expensive. Um, neighborhood joints, and they have to close down. Well, that that one of the reasons that I asked you about like your best bar experience, Danny, was because obviously some of these places that you know Chicago's kind of built its history on and built the bar scene on, some of these places might not be here when it's over, you know, which would be really sad. Right. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I just hope that we get back to it soon, um, because you know there's so much. I mean, you're a great example, Danny. There's so much good shit happening in bars right now, like that it would be a real waste to lose a lot of that and a lot of those people to to places going out of business. Yeah, that's I, I compare it to hitting, uh, like getting a new phone or hitting like the reset uh, button on your phone. You just have to start all over, mm, you know, yeah. add all those new contacts and everything like that. Nobody, you don't know how people are going to adapt to this. It's a good analogy. No, it's so. even like for us as the brands too, we have no, like I'm 
scared to go, not scared to physically talk to people or be around them socially because of the virus, but scared of like, do you want to talk to us? Like, do you need new products still? Do you want to have, um, you know, take your bar or restaurant, whatever it may be, um, and expand it because you don't know, like people are, maybe they're kind of stuck in their ways. They're going to try to feel out like, Hey, we're going to play up like what the off premise done. The big brands they're selling right now. We're going to just kind of go with yeah. that approach. Maybe forget some of the smaller guys. You never, you never know what people are going to have the mindset of being because now it's going to be all about survival. Yeah, yeah, so my company doing the syrups and bitters and stuff Ready like that. Ready beverage, I've, everybody. Yeah, I've tried. I've tried reaching out to a couple of people, but everybody's like, "Oh, we're not bringing in a new product, you know, and we're a new company, so we're not in a ton of bars already." Right. So it it would have to be a new product, but everybody's like, "No, we're not bringing anything new in. We don't have the money to spend anything like that." It's like I'll give you a case of bitters for free, you know, first <laughs> case free. Right. And so much of our b- building a new brand is working with bartenders. Yeah. And how many of those bartenders are going to have jobs when things open back up? Because staffs are if if you can only have a certain amount of capacity, that only means a certain amount of staff is going to be able to brought, be brought back to the places too. So even building those relationships and figuring out where people are moving on to and moving from because the jobs aren't going to be available and people are going to have to go to new places. Yeah. I mean, if if you can't if you can't have the volume, you don't need the bartenders, and then People are just out of jobs. We're just a lot of Debbie Downers right now. Yeah. What's a positive Sad thing, Callum? I just want to go party on a rooftop and drink whiskey. That could happen soon. <laughs> that, that's what we're that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. I just honestly, I just like I'm so excited for Chicago Summer. I know I, I haven't I haven't given up on it yet. You know, I haven't given up on it yet. They did I say still, that Lori did say that the playpen will not be open this year. Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's where all, everybody closed. goes in the boats and that. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't sound like the beaches will be really open up for like capacity. But then again, we were talking about how the beach volleyball leagues haven't been canceled yet. So or Lollapalooza. Yeah, or Lollapalooza. Like, so what do you what do you believe? I guess. But maybe maybe this optimism, will be, baby. Maybe in in four months this will all be a bad dream and I'll be cruising on my moped. <laughs> <laughs> Riding uh, together, just the two of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two a little moped in a convoy, <laughs> up and down Lakeshore Boulevard. <laughs> oh. Cut off jean jackets. That's it, man. Before we leave our um, prestigious guests listening at home, is there any cocktail ideas you want to give people at home? Any pointers or anything like that? Um, don't buy simple syrup. Just microwave some water. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Equal parts sugar to water. Throw it in with some whiskey and bitters, and then you have an old-fashioned. Easy to Easiest go. Easiest thing ever. I like it. That ends on a very positive note, I think. Thanks for that, Danny. I can't wait to be cruising with, with you on the mopeds. <laughs> well, Danny will be both. 80s music only. So, I think it's the third to last bar I was in before everything closed down. Yes. Yeah, you were here the night that, before. That Saturday or Sunday. So, that Sunday. Monday was the last night. Sunday I was here for, yeah. And the last official bar I was in was the Beguile Tap Room. We closed it. We closed it down. Fountainhead right before that. Sprinted down into Beguile before it all closed. That's like one of my favorite beers. The Brown Ale. Ooh, Ooh really? Yeah. Oh. What's the one? The Irish Red that they do as the well. Irish Red. Lovely. All the beers are just. All the beers are great. If you can yeah. uh, go buy some Beguile beer, their tap rooms open every day. You can order online, curbside pickup, no touch, anything like that. So you're safe and sound to go. Hopefully, places like that will be uh, open up soon as well, and we will enjoy some delicious beers. I'm optimistic that we will be open in a couple weeks with the patios and the sidewalks being available to the bars. Let's hope for that and having the cocktails to go officially so bars can start making some money and let people like you experiment around with things and make some cool ideas and get the brands out there as well and everybody can start making some money again. Hope so. Thanks, Danny. For Thanks, Danny, guys. For Danny Janky of King of Cups and Ready Beverage and Kyle O'Donnell of Avalar Distillery. Ooh. Once again, I have not introduced myself on the podcast until the very end. My name is Jake Hookie. And guys, thanks for both wearing Star Wars hats. Peace. Cheers. 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 Cheers.